This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network, now the largest new media platform on the web, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's MasterChef After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's MasterChef After Show. Going to the Scarborough Fair Parsley, sage, crossing salmon Yeah, <laughs> Guys, we are doing this song in honor of Both of us came up with it as soon as we heard About the breadcrumbs on Elizabeth Salmon Talking about parsley, sage, rosemary Just no time You can't do parsley and sage I fault her dish for not I, having all seriously, four spices Um, Elizabeth, it's a really great dish I really, really enjoy it Um but you don't have enough scabble affair on it. Um, guys, thank you for tuning in. This is the MasterChef After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. I am your host, Stephen Lemieux, S-T-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X on Twitter. I am joined here today by um, my amazing co-host. Actually, my amazing co-host is not here today. Tracy will be back next week. But my semi-amazing co-host right next to me, Zach Wilson. I do an okay job. He does a pretty good job. Not amazing yet. He's like the cutter of this after show. Oh, oh no. no. Whoa. Whoa. That Whoa. was fighting words. It's deep blow. Hey, can I be Big Willie? You be the you be the Courtney of this after show. I'm fine with that. We're fine with that? Good. I'll Fist be a bump. producer's dream. Good. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Every you'll be a lot of people's dreams if you're the Courtney of this after show. <laughs> and uh guys, we actually have a special call in guest tonight. Um you may have heard of her from a little show called MasterChef. She's been on every episode until tonight. Tonight was her last episode on the show, but she's been a darling the whole time, and we've really enjoyed watching her grow and watching, I mean, the producers have painted her in a negative light, but I mean, it's still such a great personality and such a great person to have on our show. Elise Mayfield, thank you so much for being on our show tonight. Hi, 
Hi, y'all. I'm so happy to call in. I'm glad you could. Uh, I'm glad you could join us on the show. Um, we've been working at getting a contestant every week, and when uh, when Tanya told me it'd be you, I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh, they don't like me, yeah. and I'm like, I'm like, we like Elise. <laughs> we just. I was a little worried, you know. Sometimes I understand, you know. Sometimes on the show, it's been like, my God, is she whining and crying again about something? But I have a lot of feelings, and. <laughs> I was a little nervous, but I'm so glad to talk to y'all. You do have a lot of feelings, but I know we, we, we work in TV. <laughs> we we know that producers like to paint things and exaggerate things, so don't worry. We we got your back, at least. And every, every season needs somebody to pick on. Exactly. Well, thank you. Just uh, <laughs> don't make any pies recently. I mean, that's going to be the ongoing joke probably for the rest of this season moving oh, forward. Oh, God. And for eternity. <laughs> I will probably never live down the title of Pie Girl. <laughs> I think I'm okay with it, but maybe not. I'm still undecided. As titles go, that's not that bad. <laughs> it's it's really not. I'd say Pie Girl yeah, is kind of so high bad. up there. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Courtney's had some pretty bad nicknames in the past. <laughs> probably so, but uh, he can really be lovely, and I think, you know, we've all got our negative things about about ourselves, so... If the worst thing that that is for me is that I bake too many pies, I'll take it. That's fine. <laughs> so, Elise, I gotta ask: Can you give us any tea? What's 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 uh, going on in MasterChef right now at this point in the competition? Who hates each other and what's going on? Because I I kind of want to know behind the scenes, like who's kind of <laughs> teaming up, or maybe if there's some kind something kind of clickish going on. I mean, we certainly at this point in the competition had kind of figured out who our kindred souls were. So they were definitely friendships. And, I mean, I think that's evident from um, a few episodes ago when uh, Jamie and Elizabeth both said, like, you know, we're each other's best friends. And uh, so there's definitely friendships that have been formed. And I think there's... We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Some personality clashes that have been pretty, pretty evident, but, you know, I have to say, backstage... People really respected each other. You know, I think when you're when you're in the kitchen and you're cooking, it is a totally different environment than what it was like to be backstage. And uh, and I, that you know, backstage was a lot more um, like let's just nerd out about food. There was so much <laughs> like, yeah, I love making sauces, and like this is my favorite way to cook that. And that was some of the most enjoyable times was the just uh, just the time to hang out and, and actually talk about food with each other. So, yeah, I mean, there's certainly people that are closer friends than others, but, you know, when it came down to it, we at this point had kind of formed a little a family and a support system, and, and we were all, all we had. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, most of the time pretty congenial. <laughs> um, I do want to ask because, of course, tonight you have your breakdown, and – that was like a big, a big, yeah. uh, big one of the one of the small climaxes of this episode, and I feel like that was right. mostly caused by the the situation you were under and all the pressure. But at the same time, I feel like have you been cooking this entire season with a fraction of that nervousness? Because I feel like outside of the competitions, you can probably think clearly, you can probably be calm and cook a really amazing dish. But I think it's really mm-hmm. when the pressure gets put <laughs> on that you just 
you haven't learned to cope with that, especially in such a high-risk yeah. competition like this. No, absolutely. I mean, you're absolutely right. I you, what what happened tonight is a buildup of the amount of anxiety that I had um, that I had built up over the course of filming. And what happened tonight is I actually developed anxiety-induced hypoglycemia, okay. and so I my blood sugar dropped, and um, and I needed to go drink some liquid glucose. And eat a piece of bread and drink some water before I could come back. And that's why I knew I was going to pass out because it was, it was a blood sugar thing. And it had, it had kind of started happening um, a few days before. And, uh, and it is, it's a, a result of, of basically kind of built up anxiety. Your body, when you get to that kind of point, can't really, uh, can't really process your blood sugar anymore because it's busy, like, regulating your adrenaline. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, you know, that, that's kind of what happened tonight is I, I, basically my blood sugar dropped really low and, uh, and, uh, based on kind of the amount of anxiety and, and yeah, I mean, I'm glad that you guys can kind of see, yes, I am not the best under pressure. There's definitely people in that kitchen that cook and perform better under pressure than I do. And, um, you know, outside of the kitchen, I can actually make a composed dish <laughs> without crying. <laughs> Which is lovely. Unless you cry at how good it is, I hope. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm certainly, now that I'm kind of back in my comfort zone, have, have uh, gotten back in the kitchen and, and cooked some more. And um, yesterday I made a pie. <laughs> a while. How'd it turn out? <laughs> I just couldn't help it. It did. I was kind of like, I was like, oh my gosh, is I bet Chef Ramsey can like sense this somewhere in the air that it's happening. <laughs> I... He's like contact me and be like, stop making pie. Please tell me you tweeted Gordon Ramsay with a picture of the pie. I sure did. I absolutely tweeted him, and he wrote back to me. He wrote, OMG, and I wrote back and I said, Chef, you've made my day, and he wrote back and he said, and you've made another pie. <laughs> Thank yeah, I, you, Chef. I appreciate that teasing. I guess he can't, I guess he can't, like, vote you out a second time, <laughs> so you know what? Power. <laughs> I know, I was like, well, Gone Power to you to make those pies. Zach, did you have any questions right now? Um, I guess just uh, when you're – how intense is it like between – because when we all we see is like the most intense moments. But we but you have yeah. like a whole hour to cook. Are there really just like lulls where you can like sort of take a step back and take a breather? Or is that is that really what happens, that there's no moment where you can stop for even a heartbeat? And they don't have that dramatic music behind you, right, <laughs> while you're cooking? Because that would just really yeah, add to it. The music is definitely edited in afterwards. <laughs> you know, I think it depends on what kind of dish you make. Um, and there's certainly more waiting time if you're baking something because the rush is always to get it in the oven and then the wait time while it's baking. But if you're in the middle of doing a composed dish that has a protein or a main and a side and a sauce, there is really not much time to sit back and look at your surroundings and take it all in. And maybe, you know, I think there are probably other cooks in the kitchen that were able to do that better than I was. But, uh, though, I mean, those times are real. When they say 60 minutes, they are not joking. We really have 60 minutes to do that. And I think with the salmon challenge today, um, you know, that was 60 minutes to fillet the fish, to scale it. Cut. They wanted us to do 10 perfect fillets. 
and cook a composed dish. So that was a lot to lot to handle in in an hour, and and those time limits are very real. <laughs> so I I have to ask this only as a watcher, and even though I really do <laughs> like you, Elise. I have to kind of be hard sure. on you for a second because the fans would hate me if I wasn't. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Watching shows like these, people who watch them and lots of my friends who watch Hell's Kitchen, they really hate it when people yeah. try to play the sympathy card. And I I really do like you, but at the same time, I want to like what do you what how do you want to address people who kind of are going to give you a lot of a lot of uh, problems for flack. you know, yeah, a lot of flack for kind of being very emotional and trying to get everyone's sympathy. Yeah. And it's probably not intentional, but on TV, that's how it so, comes across and that you're just making a big yeah. deal about every little thing. So everyone will look at you and kind of praise right. you as like the golden girl. Yeah. You know, I do have to say, I wasn't playing this while this was filming. I didn't have the consciousness to really think about what this was going to look like edited. Um, and so I wasn't, going through this filming process and try and, and, and thinking ahead of time that I'm going to try to go for the sympathy card, that that's what I'm going to try to do with this is that I'm going to be the emotional one. It's just, it's just kind of the way that I, it's just how I am. I, I really put my heart into cooking and um, I think maybe because I'm a true home cook and I'm not a professional that, that I went in there with, heart and emotion and feeling and not not as much professionalism as some of the other cooks in the kitchen and you know I'm, I I recognize that there are better cooks in the kitchen than me absolutely I know and I knew from the very beginning that there were people that could cook better than I could by football field links and all I could do was try to try to cook with passion and love and um, those are the things that, you know, I think that's what makes your food taste good. And when you're a passionate cook, that's where your food tastes good. There's, there's something, there's a fifth element, a sixth element to food that doesn't really have anything to do with what is in the pan or in the pot. It has to do with who you are as a cook. And, um, so while I completely understand the people that are like, God, that girl is so emotional. I'll be like, yeah, you know, I am. It's just. It's just I cook I, I cook with my heart and I, I love deeply everybody that's in my life and um, and I appreciate um, people that may have related to my emotional connection with food and with this experience and I hope that maybe I can help other people to be brave with how they feel um, and uh, and if not then I hope maybe I was at least a, an entertaining part of the show. So, yeah, I hope that that helps explain it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a it's a rough circumstance. And I imagine, like, the, the spe- this is not happening over 14 weeks. This is just ha- this no. going so fast that the yeah. you just, you, there's no time to let your emotions stay. Or most people could take a breath and let them check yeah. and check their emotions. There's no time. And there's also probably producers yelling at you. Well, and we don't get much back <laughs> we don't get too much backstory on you, but you do get a lot of camera time. So most of your camera mm-hmm. time is that. So it's kind of 
how they wanted to play your right. character up in in how the episodes were edited. So I completely understand, but yeah. I just we just needed that out in the air for a lot of people on Twitter who I'm sure you get some tweets totally. from people. Like, I completely get it. And on Twitter, like I have tried to acknowledge the fact that I completely 100% understand that I am a crybaby. And I'm <laughs> like, unabashedly the crybaby of season five. <laughs> and uh, it's, I'm not really proud of it, but it's just what happens. And uh, and so, like, I get it. I totally get it. And I'm trying to make fun of myself because I know I look ridiculous sometimes. <laughs> I really do. I understand. <laughs> well, we were actually just we were just kind of glad that you stuck it out till the end, though, because there's one thing that just makes oh, us makes you. everyone who watches these shows angry is when people give up the opportunity and voluntarily leave. So the fact that you stayed and you did put your dish up, even though you knew it was bad, we respect that a lot more than somebody who would have just walked out of the competition because that just kind of spits in the face of everyone who's actually, you know, applied for it and didn't get on the competition. So we totally. really, we totally respect that. And honestly, you know, people give you a bad rep for the cooking and stuff, but you made some pretty good dishes. I can't really say that Cutter's made some really good dishes yet because his artisan, <laughs> his Artisan pizza did not really cut it tonight. Oh, I'm going to lay into that Ooh, so hard later. They didn't like later. that, did they? They did not like that phrasing. Not Honestly, at <laughs> looking at the episode, though, if you had if you had put up the dish that you did without kind of putting on the air of giving up a little bit, I think they would have sent Cutter yeah. home, though. I really do. They may have. I, you know, I really... I, I have to... I have to say a big thank you to Gordon, to Gordon Ramsay... Uh, because he really stepped in and he stepped in a lot this episode with me to help me kind of push through because I was dealing with a couple different things and a lot of it was me deal was with me trying to push through my own like physical ailments and and then which affected me kind of mentally and I you know the moment when he came into my station and said like you cannot give up on this I realized that he was right and I tried as best as I could to salvage that dish and you know. I own that it wasn't that it wasn't a good dish. Like I will absolutely one hundred percent own that I failed and that is a really hard thing for me to admit as a person who is kind of a perfectionist in real life. That I mean, that moment in my life is was a huge life changing moment. It's probably the first time I have really, really truly fallen on my face in a very public venue ever, besides that one time I actually fell in the cafeteria in college and that was terrible. <laughs> But this is this was a really life changing moment for me, and um, you know the other cooks. I think it, maybe it's possible that if I hadn't had such like an emotional struggle with it, that I could have stayed on. But I respect their decision to keep Cutter because I think he's also somebody that's that's been growing a lot in this competition, and uh, I'm excited to see what he does next. And I hope that he continues to grow from this because I'm sure that this was a tough night for him too. So what do you do next, Elise? What is the next move for Elise? I know you were a learning advisor, or something, right? Administrator. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm trying to figure out what the next move is. I, I've gone back to my job. Um, so I'm back at the desk right now, and I'm supremely <laughs> thankful that they held my job for me and that I didn't have to quit my job to, to go on the show. Uh, but I am trying to figure out what the next thing is. I mean, I think one day I would really like to open a bakery. I, I really love talking to people about food and, and talking about cooking. So, God, you know, if there was an opportunity for me to write or for me to, to 
talk to other people about food on radio or TV. I would love to do something like that. But in the meantime, I'm just trying to find uh, my happiness again with my with my job and with my life. And, and like uh, Chef Ramsey told me to kind of regain my confidence in the kitchen. And it's, it's slowly but surely happening. So for now, I'm just taking it a step at a time. And like Tyler said, when he was... Uh, when he was eliminated, I think this is just a detour and it's a bump in the road, but I don't think this is an end for me. I'm really excited to see what the next few months and years are going to be like. I I mean, I think I definitely feel like I've got pre MasterChef life and post MasterChef (laughs) life. And it's going to be really interesting to see, to see what comes up next. I'm excited. I think it's, this has been one of the most uh, fulfilling journeys that I've ever been on. Yeah. I know I sound like I'm still like, you know, self-help talk right now, but it's true when these life-changing <laughs> things happen. <laughs> Some of the cliches actually become real-life things, so. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. So I guess I'm really, I'm just curious, since you were in the room, who do you think is the strongest moving forward? Who's who's your pick from, from what we've seen so far? You know, um, I think there's some really killer uh, female chefs in the kitchen, which is awesome. And um, I have immense respect for Victoria. She is so awesome. Victoria is, like, just one of the best people I've ever met. She's the dark horse. So smart. What? She's the dark horse of this season. Like, if you were going to, like, bet bet on a long shot, I think she she could sneak up and, like, take it at the last moment. I, you know, she is so, like, her vocabulary and food, like, having conversations with her um, outside of the kitchen, backstage, she knows so much. And on top of that, she's just one of the funniest people I have ever met in my whole life. So, Victoria, I can't wait to see what she's going to do next. And then Elizabeth is also a dear friend and also just a killer cook. Um, I actually saw her last night and uh, for the first time since we had seen each other. Uh, on set and she we cooked dinner together and that was so great she cooked and she cooked um the dinner portion and i cooked dessert and was it a pie some time and it was a pie wasn't it great it was it was the pie yeah it was was the pie was anybody told to leave the kitchen at any point (laughs) what was that was anyone told to leave the kitchen at any point in time it's like i don't know if this is up to par uh, I'm just tasting it. It's not the flavor is not there. You're gonna have to leave the kitchen. No, nobody was told to leave the kitchen. So I think we did all right with the friends and family last night. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to thank you so much for calling in tonight, Elise. Um, fans can find you on Twitter at MC Five Elise, correct? Yes, that's it. It's MC Five Elise, and I'm also on Facebook under that same that same handle. All right, well, thank you so much for calling in. It was great to get your perspective on what happened tonight. And we really do, like, we are rooting for you. Like, we really do wish you the best because I know it's really tough to be in these competition shows and only have, the like, yeah. so much of America see one side and one point of view of what the producers show. Totally. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this was a really awesome opportunity to talk about the show and the experience. And um, and tonight really couldn't have been a better night. I, I can't tell you. I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. It's amazing to be able to kind of give your, your side of the story, too. So thank you for the opportunity. All right. Absolutely. Thank have you. a great night, Elise. All right. You, too. Good night. Bye-bye. All right, guys. Well, that was kind of cool. I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's easy to hate somebody the producers paint to make you, like, hate. So yeah, it's it's really yeah, always yeah. you gotta you gotta kind of look at it at a more subjective standpoint when 
you know. Yeah, well, that's the thing with reality television. Like, it, it's sort of interesting because watching the TV show and then talking to these these people, yeah, it they're they're themselves on television, but these are absolutely characters. Yeah, and- they they know that they're in front of cameras, so they're not necessarily going to behave like themselves, even if they want to. They're not going to be able to. And then when they get when it gets edited and put down, like. The real life person and the character we saw on TV. Those are different things. I'm just so glad she did not leave halfway through because that would have released <laughs> just hellfire from everyone on Twitter. Like literally everyone on Twitter. Like that would just make everyone immediately hate you no matter what you did. So I'm really glad she stayed. <laughs> Guys, we're going to actually break into the after show now um, portion where we recap the episode a little bit. But I'm going to rush through it a little bit, Zach, and we'll just kind of yeah, let's do hit, some let's spark notes. Some Mystery box. It's a giant box. And apparently it's Cutter's advantage because it's big. Like, what the hell, Cutter? How do you get that out of that? Anyway, the mystery box contains Wild King Alaskan salmon. And uh, basically, each chef gets a salmon, and they have to portion it into ten fillets. A $450 salmon. Salmon is expensive, especially fresh salmon. And Gordon gets his own fillet. Gordon's going to fillet it. Graham's going to cook it. And Joe's going to eat it because Joe is their master, apparently, because... (laughs) That's the job I want if I'm going to be doing any of those three things. So uh, running through this, um, Christine ruins her salmon because she washes it probably with warm water, which makes the fat dissolve. So if you've ever had like oh, – Is that what it was? I, she said she washed it and that's where it went off. If you have like a very fresh salmon and it's not ice cold, if it's like kind, just kind of chilly. You're supposed to give it like an ice bath, right, if you're going to wash it or something like um, that? Or is no, that a totally different thing? That's a totally different thing. But the problem is, is when it's that fresh, it's kind of like the fat is like butter. Like it's literally delicious, and that's why sashimi is so fresh and it like is very, you know, buttery. But water can kind of dissolve the fat because fat is water soluble in that case. Ah. And it just made her salmon look like just salmon without the marbling, and it just made it look bad. Um, Leslie says that Elizabeth is the one to beat. Uh, that was kind of a good thing, especially for the final competition in this. Uh, Courtney makes a basted in miso butter salmon with broccolini. Elizabeth, uh, is kind of surprised because by the time she got out of the pantry with cauliflower, Gordon had already filleted all <laughs> 10 of his salmon fillets. And she starts on her dish with a herb breadcrumb crusted baked salmon over fennel carrot puree and cauliflower steak. Um, guys, this is where we had to do... Scarborough Fair because when yeah. she's describing, it, like, yeah, I have a herd, herd breadcrumb crusted baked salmon. Oh, what's 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 in the what's in the crusting? It's oh, it's a uh, parsley, sage, rosemary. I'm like, say time, say time. She didn't say time. Come on, damn it. Um, Elise calls for a medic. She's freaking out. She has a nervous breakdown, and Elise has left Master Chef Kitchen. She comes back with only 20 minutes left. Christian says, "I've made salmon once before, so he's going to make a seared Creole salmon." Uh, Gordon warns him about the spices. Because, uh, I mean, it's very easy to overpower the flavor of fish when it's a mild flavor. Mm -hmm. Salmon has a little bit of a stronger flavor than something like a sea bass, but it's still, like, you can easily overpower it. Ramsey, of course, is done in five minutes. We see the top three, which is Kristen, Courtney, and Elizabeth. Elizabeth was the, of course, the breadcrumb salmon. Um, Let's see here. Oh, I also want to mention that Francis L. was torching his salmon to give it a nice crispy that. skin. That was kind of cool. Francis L., you were not featured at all in this <laughs> no. episode. At all. You were wearing a Judas Priest leather jacket. I tweeted at you about that. You were not featured at all. The, the only things we saw of him was torching that and then turning back to Courtney like, Hey, you started yet? And if anyone gets this joke, I feel like Francis in the back, Cooking salmon! Like, literally heavy metal style. Loved it. 
Great. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so the results are Christian with his black and salmon with veggie, veggie melody, garlic, and tomato oh, puree. That's good. Looked so good. I'm such a sucker for Cajun food, but that looked so good. So good. I can't wait until this guy gets like crawdads in his hands and what he can make like an etouffee to die for probably. Oh my god. So Graham likes the sauce, likes the spikes mix. Everybody loves it. Courtney makes a seared salmon on broccolini with Israeli couscous and fennel salad. They just say it's cooked well. And Elizabeth makes that dish that we talked about and they say it was really courageous to bake salmon. Because in a competition like that, um, the the difference between convection oven and when you cook it in a pan is when you're cooking in a pan, it's cooking from the inside out. And in a convection oven, it's doing the same, but it's really just completely cooking it all the way around the salmon. All sides at one time as so opposed to one side. So it's very easy to overcook salmon, and then it's, like, way too flaky and it'll break apart. So they did a really good cook. She It was, like, just enough, um, like, a medium rare. She cooked a good medium rare salmon. So that was really good. Uh, the winner is Christian. And he says, what? Because he curses. <laughs> and he says he knocked it out of the park and into the pantry he goes. Cook whatever is in the basket. It puts the food ingredients in the basket. <laughs> Way to make this Zach, so creepy. <laughs> it puts the food ingredients in the basket and then it chooses who gets half time. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I thought I, I thought the... Hashtag uh, what, what, judges what, baskets. <laughs> What did you think of him picking the Italian one? I thought that was like the the safest. Maybe maybe Graham's fresh food would have been the easiest. I thought going throwing Gordon's like British ensemble basket at them would have thrown a, a lot more curveballs. I think Joe's basket was the great choice because they don't give him enough. They don't give him too much protein. You have to be very smart with the protein you use, so it doesn't it's like true. not so the dish isn't unbalanced. Um, literally, Italian cooking is like. That Joe talks about in the show. It's the basis of cooking. Like, every ingredient is, like, what you use in all cooking around the world, usually. Like, you have your oil, you have your butter, you have your cheese, you have your, your starch, and you have, like, uh, let's say, you have your meat, your protein. Yeah, and since you're not starting with pasta, you don't have, like, freeze-dried pasta to just throw in the water and boil. It's not simple. Exactly. And again, like they say, it takes 10 minutes to boil the water, it takes 7 minutes to make al dente pasta, it takes time to make the sauce, it takes time to make anything you're going to make in it. It's kind of difficult to make a really good Italian dish with no planning. So if any of these people did not have a background in Italian cooking, or if they haven't made something with... uh why can't I remember the name of the cheese? I'm such an uh, Grana Padana. Grana yeah. Padana. Yes. Um, that cheese can honestly be a make or break item because it can it can really if you use too much of it, it's not going to be good. If you use too little, bit, you're not going to taste it at all. So that's kind of I liked it. And what I wanted to see is I wanted to see people use the wine a little bit more intelligently. Nobody used the wine except for Leslie. Except for Leslie, he was drinking it. He was drinking it. He, <laughs> he was using the, it to he uses the way it was meant Look, to he's, be. He's 56. That's all he does. <laughs> Shout out to you, Leslie. I mean, he's in Malibu. That's like that's what they do in Malibu. They drink. His Instagram is like so many pictures of him like at yachts and like around the world. I'm like Leslie, damn it. <laughs> we try so hard to like not be jealous, but then we are. I'm, I'm really just jealous of the silver hair, man. That's that's all I want, right? I mean, if you can pull off silver hair like that, you got it made. Because right? like not everybody can, but we're all getting there eventually. All well, if there, we keep it, if you keep it, yeah. Anyway, so da 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 da. da. I kind of liked that they chose Italy. Um, Graham's basket looked a little bit too simple to me. Yeah, I mean, that, uh, there's a lot of stuff you could have done with fre- with fresh vegetables and fruit and stuff. But... I think we would have seen more variety with Probably. the uh, with the farmers market basket. 
And I think with Gordon's basket, I think we would have seen lots of British food, but people have eaten British food all their life. Like even like bangers and mash, like all sorts of stuff. There's lots and lots of British food that Americans But know. it's tougher to make like bangers and mash something MasterChef worthy. Oh, yeah. And I that's know. what I I, I was kind of hoping for with that basket because like, it's challenging to elevate that. But I think what I think what he was going for by choosing Joe's basket is anyone can make spaghetti. But can you make spaghetti good in 60 minutes? Like can you make a pasta that's good? Like because when it comes to pasta, anyone can freaking cook pasta. But it's really going to be on you to do the seasonings, to do the combination of ingredients and the flavors to make it good and the judges will probably know that. And when you're cooking for Joe, Joe seemed the most attached to his basket. Oh, Gordon's yeah. like, this is the stuff in my home. He, he, he like, was even making fun of it. Yeah, Graham's like, oh, this is my farmer's market. And Joe's like, this is near and dear to my heart. Like, this is what I grew up with. This is this is Mama's Italy. True. Yeah. So I kind of, I really enjoyed that. Um, so Courtney is the one he chooses to only get 30 minutes. And, okay, guys, I got Me and Zach thought the same thing on this. I'm going to give you the honors of saying it. Uh, I mean, it was, it's an advantage. It is. In this, like... It's not, they're not doing anything so complex that like having only 30 minutes is a, is a nightmare. All that means is she has 30 minutes to plan every single move because she just has to stand there and has nothing to do but plan out what she's doing. And she can look at the basket like and see what's yeah. in it. She gets to, like, that's the biggest challenge I feel like in MasterChef is the, you just have to run and gun. And when you have those, yes, you could just stop and think for 10 minutes, but you're not going to. You're going to start moving. And then you're thinking about the thing you're doing at that time. When you can't do anything, she was able to plan every step of the process to getting a 30 minute dish and nailing it. Well, look what big willie said two episodes he's like big willie you you move so slow but you you have everything down to a t you know what you're doing he's like well i just have more time to think about there you go because he's calm because he moves slowly he can think about every move that he has to make courtney you have 30 minutes to think of an amazing dish know exactly what you have to do and then just start and know exactly what you're doing as opposed to what am i going to do what am i going to do i'm going to make this dough that's going to be too dry and that's going to be bad oh my god oh my god oh my god and to have good italian food to have like as joe puts it rustic italian food you don't have to do anything complex you just have to make it good i think the real thing that would have made this like a detriment to courtney is if they told you you start at the same time as everyone but you have to stop at 30 minutes and they get to continue yeah to i mean well that's you let any dish sit for 30 minutes. no they would try it right then though oh okay. that's what i'm saying like just how they tried gordon's yeah. salmon in the beginning um they would try right then um anyway so um the judges think that elise when courtney will struggle because of elise and of course the, the detriment to courtney um, Elise is making a porcini and arco uh, ravioli. She messed up her pasta dough. It's over for me. I don't want to finish it. I want to throw in the towel because her pasta's too dry. Ramsey comes over, calms her down. At least she her. stuck it out. Yeah. Thank you so much for sticking it out. There's nothing I hate more than people that go through the entire audition process. I'm mostly thinking of Survivor right now, really. <laughs> is when people like, I would kill to be on Survivor. And I see people like, I can't do this. I need to go home. Like, no, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Anyway, Cutter decides to make a flatbread crisp pizza. I like pizza and pizza and pizza because I felt like pizza's good and it's Italian. I like to eat pizza, so I'm going to make a pizza. And you know what? I feel like they'll like pizza, too. And Gordon points out it's like you don't need yeast. Yeah. And his dough was not even crispy. He didn't cook it long enough. Like, it was fluffy without yeast, but it was not crispy. Yeah, there's... Like, he could have at least, like, made a flatbread with, like, maybe... 
I don't even know, like matzah or something. <laughs> I, I made a Jewish Italian flatbread, you know. Then it the could Jews be a little know, bit. We know how to make a bread that doesn't have to rise. You know, it's not that hard. We did it in the desert, walking through. It's an sand. artisan flatbread. <laughs> I can make an artisan flatbread. You want an artisan flatbread? Oh, don't call it artisan. I hate you. I, we haven't <laughs> even gotten that. Aaron is making or or. I'm honestly getting confused at how to pronounce her name. No, not even trying Iran. to. Iran. Okay, right? I'm not even trying to be disrespectful. They just say it so many different ways in the show that yeah. I literally cannot get it down. She's making a savory tiramisu. Thank you. Thank you so much. I've been waiting for f- some freaking creativity, and I'm so glad that you get to shine with creativity this episode. This is what we've been waiting for, because even with like all of your dishes, it's like, we know you're a good cook. It's just I've been severely lacking in the fact that you can invent a dish and make it good. That's what I didn't think you could do. You've proved me wrong today, and I will hand it to you with that, Arn. Bravo to that dish. That it, looked delicious. I had no clue. Just like the judges. Like, you're like, that's weird. Could be good. Yeah. Weird. But I like that. You gambled. You took a risk. That's what I love. That's what you got to do. You got to throw in, like, chocolate and shrimp. You got to just, like, you got to put the lady fingers things. in. You got to put the, the prosciutto in. You got to put the parmigiana cheese in there. Do something that doesn't make sense. Exactly. That's what I want. Leslie was drinking. That kind of makes sense. <laughs> Courtney is waiting to start. Um, she makes an artichoke ragu, and I just have written in big capital letters. It's an advantage. Uh, Elizabeth <laughs> loved it. Want to try it. Want to eat it want to go to a restaurant and order it my god marissa if i'm gonna say two words and i want to i want your first word that comes to mind breakfast lasagna awesome right yeah exactly that sounds so good so good it looked like a lasagna eggs benedict in a way it had five layers you it had five layers using the grana padano and mushrooms and um the prosciutto and the egg and she made a bechamel like, I don't even know what a bechamel is. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, it just looked so good. It did. I wanted to eat it. I want. I like. I want to go make a breakfast lasagna. I, I wouldn't even be able to compare in the slightest to that. But just the idea. Just the, again. Just the idea yeah. of a breakfast lasagna. I wouldn't have thought of it. But it's a. It's a perfect. I want perfect her to. Per- I want her to go back to the kitchen and perfect that dish with whatever ingredients she wants. Instead of being limited to those what Joe chose, oh, I want yeah. her to perfect that dish, and I want to try it. You hear me, Elizabeth? You got me. Some eggs, some bacon, some hollandaise sauce. And st- well, it's not an eggs benedict. Well, I'm hollandaise saying, but, sauce. like, you could build from any any sort of things with you the could, idea of a breakfast lasagna. You could definitely do that. And you know what? You could make it in bulk for catering. That'd be awesome. Okay, Big Willie is making a tomato soup with a fried egg on top and flatbread. Oh my god, thank you, Big Willie. I thought I was freaking insane. I'm going to tweet you later about this. I totally eat tomato soup with a fried egg in it. It is the most delicious. Th- when the yolk mixes with the soup, it is the most amazing flavor ever. I put noodles in, I put tomato soup, and I chop up like two or three fried eggs in that. Fu- Again, I've never heard of this before. Sounds really good. So good. Especially with a little bit of cheese on top, like putting the parmigrana in there. Oh my god. I dip a grilled cheese in that. I I, this is like the one time I will disagree with Gordon Ramsay because the mistake you made, Willie, is that you did not slice it in half before serving it. Because the great thing about that soup is when the yolk is still running and Gordon took it off the side. He did not take yolk with it and the yolk was a little bit cooked. So like if you cut it too soon, then the yolk will cook inside the soup. You have to like literally just slice it and let it – oh my god. But I was like – 
Hell yeah, I got your back, Willie. Try that, kids at home. Try All you do is just cook an egg and throw it in your tomato soup. Like, yeah. over easy, whatever. All right, uh, so we have the top three, which is... Oh, wait. No, we still have more. Um, Courtney makes a chanterelle mushroom ragu. It's got the base of... Christine. Was that Christine? Chanterelle mushroom ragu? Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, maybe we got it backwards before. Either way. What did I say before for I think, Christine? I think you said Courtney instead of Christine. You, never mind. Let's move forward. Okay. Cor- uh, Courtney makes a chanterelle mushroom ragu with basil, olive oil, spaghetti, crispy pancetta, and artichoke hearts because this is when they're judging her dish. Joe says he that Christian wasted his advantage because she performs the best in a spotlight. Stripper joke. <laughs> I mean, just calling it. I mean, yeah, that was... This is what it was. Producer's like, hey, can you make something that like references uh, your previous job? Aerial dancer, Stephen. Aerial dancer. Aerial dancer. Okay. Cutter makes an artisan pizza. Okay. I just... Hey, but it has basil, oregano. No, just, just stop there. Just artisan. Do you know what that means? Uh, can I do, just, you know, do you know what kind of milk they use to make Grana Padana? I know. I do you I know don't. what? Um, do you know what uh, capers? Capers are. That was the thing. It's like I actually don't know fully <laughs> what capers are personally, but he didn't either, and he's on Master Chef. I feel like you do some reading. Capers are so salty the way you choose them, but like, it's it's just depends on how you want. It. I mean, they come from a bush, but no. I mean, for me, just I grew up in New York. Pizza capital of okay. the world. Like, I hate when I see artisan pizza because I feel like that's just an excuse for, like, we didn't get, like, a good soft crust. Like, I have a pizza right here. And just because it's, like, left or, like thick crust, that's a pizza. That makes me want to eat it. Like, But that's a, that's a pizza. Or I guess this is artisan because it's small. No, like, I'll say. It's only a little bit. I'll say there's a place called Crave Cafe in the Valley. They make flatbreads. You know what? They're not artisan flatbreads. They could call them artisan flatbreads, though, because they look good. But, like, that's just, like, an excuse for whatever. It's, it's, it's just a flatbread pizza. He's trying to make his dish sound better when it's literally a disc. Like, it looked like a pizza tostada <laughs> with a little bit of stuff on top. He didn't even use like You know what, Cutter? Like, shut up. Um, Not good enough. Not Master Chef. I actually feel like... I know that we focused I'm at a, a, a I feel lot like on... I'm at a kid's party and a limp pizza came out. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> I know that we, we kind of beat up on Elise tonight about giving up and everything. I feel like Cutter's given up. Like, it's not that he's incapable of cooking. Like, we've seen him do decent dishes and good dishes in the past. I feel like he's just a little bit delusional of how good he is. I, no, I actually feel like it's the opposite. Like, he's sort of, like, decided he's not going to make it. And so he's just not, like, giving his all. He's like... Oh, Italian food. Well, I could do a pizza. And then he just does a pizza. He does, like, the bare minimum and skates by. And he's barely skating by. But it doesn't feel like he's trying very hard right now. Yeah. I don't know. I Again, I wish somebody had used the wine. Like, he put so many bottles of wine in there. Like, nobody used the wine. Nobody made a white white wine linguine or anything like that. Nobody did that. And I really wanted that. Um... We don't even know what Leslie's dish is. Nobody really talks about it at all. So you <laughs> know what, Leslie? Something, something with ravioli. But oh. they like they just blew by it in a heartbeat. Oh, artichoke ravioli with grana padana and mushroom and artichoke. I do have it here. Uh, Leslie, they commented on your plating, but honestly, compared to the fried chicken, your plating is a lot better than it used to be from episode <laughs> one. <laughs> that gigantic portion size, which honestly looked pretty damn good to me. I would totally eat mm. that. Um, Big Willie, they, they rate it. 
He says, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Gordon says, you give it seven numbers too many. And he's like, oh, so one out of ten. Ouch. I I have to say that. Well, we'll get to the we'll get to that. Part. They didn't let jo- they didn't let us see Joe try the freaking savory tiramisu. They love the tiramisu, but we didn't get to see Joe try it. And I was like, what? He must have had like a lukewarm reaction to it. Well, he must have put lady fingers in the box for somebody to make it have the option of making a tiramisu. So I wanted to see him try it. Anyway, Elizabeth, he says this is amazing. It's like taking a trip to Italy. She's really like. Oh my god, like, oh my god. And uh, the two standout dishes are Aaron and Elizabeth, and Elizabeth won. They will both, they both won, technically. They will both be team captains next week. Um, and they say, normally I would ask for the three worst, but we're going to take the two obviously bad dishes. If you think you have the worst dish in, in uh, MasterChef, two people, raise your hands. Cutter, Elise, and Willie raise, her hand, raise their hand. He says, I said only two. And Cutter puts his hand down. Cutter. In what world did your artisan uh, pizza beat Willie's fried egg tomato soup? You know, it wasn't a very Italian, so I guess I can see your reasoning, but honestly... But, like, honestly, Willie is just, like, again, just, like, endearing himself to to everyone. Because he's, like... He's so humble! His his dish was, like, it didn't... It looked like it was a, it looked a good idea. It was not, like, right out of the box. Like, And he's, like, nope, mine, I didn't do well. This, mine was bad. Hey, I'm down me. with it. You keep putting eggs in soup, Willie. I'm down. I'm totally down. <laughs> I ate like six eggs in a portion, seven eggs in a portion. We had that freaking Instagram. We flipping seven yeah, egg just... omelet, man. Check that out on Instagram. Um, so it is actually, I'm sorry. No, actually, Cutter, you're wrong. It's you and Elise. So it's Cutter and Elise. Cutter has been in the bottom five times now. Even Gordon mentions it. And he says, I think I'm better than Elise. You know, I'm a better cook. I think that I can do what I want to do and it's going to be good. You know, I made a damn good pizza. I'd eat it. I'd order that at a restaurant. It's like, no, you'd be pissed at how small it is and how lacking flavor and why the crust is not crispy at all. And Elise is going home. Goodbye, Elise. I mean, it's it's rough. She, she I mean, we watched her buckle tonight. Uh, it's like literally like she buckled at one point and couldn't she had to she 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 came back twice she like she walked back into the room put a dish on even when she didn't have to which well, is always good but i just want to say whenever you present a dish to somebody even if you know it's not good don't say it's not good yeah i've they you got to have the confidence because it looked good like yeah, the, looked the ravioli and the, the who knows like they could it, just say it's not very good and be like Okay, yes, chef. I'll try better next time. But you don't say, I failed, chef. I failed, chef. This is going to be disgusting. Don't try it, chef. It's like, sorry, but you're selling a reaction. You're selling a dish to the customer. The customer may think it's the greatest dish in the world, but if you poison the well, they're not going to enjoy it. If you walk up to somebody with meatballs and say, these taste terrible, I'm sorry, they could taste fine, but then you're automatically going to be tasting them like, what's wrong with them? What's wrong with them? What's wrong with them? Instead of, wow, this is good. It puts a negative thing on your food. It puts a negative spin on whatever reaction they would have had. Someone tells you you're walking into a five-star restaurant. You're going to be like, this food is delectable. It's delicious. Oh, it's it, fantastic. It, you, I'm paying $100 for this check And then myself. you can come out at the end and be like, no, it's actually a uh, – we just got it from Burger King. And exactly. it, it I, it's all up here. It's all in the head. Like a lot of taste is in the mind. There's five senses into cooking and there's also the sixth sense, which you talked about, which is also your mind. Um, next week we see that MasterChef restaurant opens. It's going to be couples. It's going to be a nice romantic setting. So I'm guessing like, uh, salmon, steaks along that line. How do I get a reservation at that diner? (laughs) 
that dining room. Um, you marry Gordon Ramsay, apparently, because Gordon Ramsay's wife will oh! be there. Hey! Uh, so it's time for predictions. Because we got to wrap this up in about now, 120 seconds. I know. I, like, flew through the whole show because we spent 21 minutes on Elise. But that's fine. Um, what do you think? Who do you think is going home next week? I, if Cutter makes it another week with his, like, unless he's, his attitude turns around and he's like, I'm sorry I've been such, like, a dick. <laughs> like these, like, He's just, like, he seems like he's not trying. Unless he brings it around. Unless he, like, comes back. I can't imagine him lasting another week. I think that Christine goes home next week. Really? Yeah. Because we haven't seen much of her, and I think that next episode is going to be her episode, and I think she's going to come next week. We actually do have a guest scheduled for next week that we're working on booking. I can't tell you who it is. Um, I was instructed. But stay tuned. I was instructed not to tell you who it is, so I will not tell you that. But it is somebody that has been on the show up until now. <laughs> 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 they haven't gone home yet. Um Anyway, that's our show, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been MasterChef Season 5, Episode 9, entitled 13 Chefs Compete. Again, I am your host, Stephen Lemieux. I am on Twitter, at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X. You can also find me on Guillermo del Toro's The Strain After Show here at AfterBuzz TV, alongside with Zach, as well as... uh I think that's really as long as Graceland Wednesdays. Yeah, what am I talking about? Graceland, <laughs> really great shows. Check them out, and uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter and go to iTunes and rate and comment because we need more comments on iTunes. We only have one really great comment, which is really nice. Please, please, please feed our egos. Where can uh, we find you, Zach? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at that Zach Wilson, and also here at AfterBuzz on the Strain with Stephen Lemieux and uh, the Leftovers and Dominion. Why you didn't do it this time? Where your T H A T Z A C H? I'm trying to make it move faster. You're drawing it up. I am. I am. We'll see you guys next week for MasterChef After Show. Season 5, Episode 10, 12 Chefs Compete. Peace. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.